Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. Um, my name is Pastor Amy, um, like Pastor Keith said, and I'm going to be sharing with you this morning. And so first, just want to say Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, moms-to-be, grandmas, and mother figures in your life. So we're thankful for you moms, and we appreciate you. And so it's just a special day to relax and enjoy. And so this morning, I had the privilege of my kids giving me their little Mother's Day gifts and their cards, and it was so cute. Cece wrote, she's my five-year-old, she wrote, um, I love you because I was in your belly. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so cute. The cutest little thing. So just enjoy, whether you have big kids, little kids, enjoy the day and all the special moments. And so um, today we are continuing our series, The Big Ten. And what we believe about the Ten Commandments is that it reveals the heart of God and it reflects the Christian life. And so far, we learned commandment number one, God desires our devotion. And in commandment number two, we learned that God desires our worship. And so today, we're gonna see that God desires our words and our actions to reflect him. So with that, I have this famous quote here, and I wanna see who knows where it's from. It's, it's what is in a name? Who knows where's that, where that from? When they, someone in, the, nobody? Shakespeare, yeah. Shakespeare's mo, one of his most famous plays, Romeo and Juliet. Juliet says, what is in a name? And of course, this quote comes loaded with unforbidden love because of their last names. In case you don't know the story, that's how it goes. And it mattered, it mattered. Their last names mattered because names matter. They mattered in the 14th century for Shakespeare and they matter now. And if you're a parent or you know someone that's a parent or expecting, you know that names matter. New parents usually have a long list of names, right? With our first, we had a long list of names. Of all the names, we were thinking of what, what are we going to name this baby? Trying to decide what name we like the most. Or some people might have the name picked out years before they even have the baby because names matter. And a few others, like myself with my second child, I scrambled to the very last minute to pick out a name. Um, actual confession, we did not name our second child for a whole 24 hours because I couldn't decide on the name. Something I also didn't do is say to the delivery nurse that was in the room with me for a two whole days while I was in labor and delivery, you know what, you go ahead, you name her. I can't decide the name. Uh, her name doesn't really matter. So you know what, you were here with me the whole time. You gave me ice chips. You name her, you deserve to name her. It's totally fine. Like, I did not do that. And you wouldn't do that too. Why? Well, because names matter. And for me, 
it mattered to me what she looked like. It mattered to me how I held her and looked in her eyes and said, no, I kind of want to, I want to meet her first before I give her a name. It mattered to me to give her a name that fit her. Or, some of you may not know, I used to teach before I started working here at the church, and so a lot of my teacher friends, they would be expecting and they would be like, I know I'm not naming this baby blank so-and-so based off of past students because the name embodies kind of who a person is. If they had a difficult student, that name was off limits for their own child, 100%, because Names matter. They matter to us. They matter to God. And so this third commandment that God gives Moses to bring to his people is this. Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. And some of you may be familiar with another version. And it articulates the same thought here. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And so this morning, we're going to unpack what that means. And we're going to answer three questions together. What does this commandment mean? Because it's a little confusing. How do we break it? And how do we keep it? So when God called Moses to go and bring the Israelites out of Egypt, Moses has this moment where he asks God, well, what am I supposed to say to them? And this is what he says, Exodus 3, 13. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What should I tell them? And verse 14, this is what God says to Moses. I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And this, this should make us pause, just like we are pausing, because it's, it's such a unique introduction that God gives to Moses. Some scholars suggest that God could be declaring his self-existence, himself as creator. No one made him. I am. He could be speaking of his immutability, that he's unchanging. He could be speaking of the fact that he is eternal. I am, meaning I always have been and I always will be. And so we can have all these speculations of what he meant, but only God truly knows what he meant in this moment and in this introduction. But one thing I believe is certain that we see that Moses, he action in an encounter with the creator, God himself, a God who cannot be compared to, a God who is holy. And so it's all throughout scripture, you'll see the word Lord all in caps. And that's what it's referring to, God's name, I am. It would take us all of eternity to try to figure out what 
that means. But there's this song that I think will help us articulate what God was saying by his name is I am. It's a song by Phil Wilkham, and it has just, just such descriptive language in it. And this is what a portion of the song says. And don't worry, I am not going to sing. You do not want me to sing this. I will read the lyrics to you, okay? I promise. But this is what he says. He says, you are the rock of ages. You're the great I am. You're the king forever, the beginning and the end. You are the Lord and servant. You're the son of man. You're the lion of Judah. You're the risen lamb. And so that's just some names of who God is. I am. There's countless scriptures, but I'm just going to show us three this morning, okay? Psalm 8, verse 1. Lord, O oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And then Jesus himself, he models the great power and holiness of God's name in Matthew 6, 9, when he teaches his disciples how to pray. This is what he says. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy, which literally means set apart. There's reverence for God's holy name. And then further on in the New Testament, we see that God, he exalted Jesus' name. Philippians 2, 9, chapter 2, verse 9 through 11, it says, Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we see, and I hope we all see and understand this this morning, that the Lord's name is holy, it's majestic, it's set apart. And it's so important for us to understand that this morning as we unpack this third commandment of what it means to take his name in vain. Have you guys ever name dropped before? Do you know what I mean? Like when you name drop somebody, like you're trying to impress someone that maybe you first met and you're, you might be tempted to stretch the truth of how much you know somebody else. Oh, okay, just me and Josh. And, you know, maybe you're friends on Facebook, but like that doesn't mean you actually know them, right? So you might do this, you might not, just me, but I actually did this and it was pretty funny to think back at, we were at a pastor's conference last year and just because I know the father of a famous songwriter, it doesn't mean I actually know the songwriter, right? So what happened there is I was taking his name in vain because there was no reality of a relationship to back up the fact that I knew that famous songwriter, right? And you know there's laws about this, right? Because it's so important. You can't pretend to be somebody else. You can't take on someone else's name. That's called identity theft, right? You can't do that. It's serious. I also, I can't self-proclaim my name as Judy because there's no reality to back up myself as Judy. Um, I don't have name Judy on it. I don't have a birth certificate with the name Judy on it. It's really just 
useless. It's empty. There, it's in vain for my name to be Judy because my name is not Judy. My name is Amy. That's what it says in my birth certificate. So there's nothing with reality to back it up. There's no relationship that says that that is who I know or that is the name I go by. So to take a name in vain is to use someone else's name without, without the reality of a relationship to support it. So how do we misuse or take the Lord's name in vain? The Lord, I am God himself. Maybe if you didn't connect with that name dropping situation, maybe you connect with this. Has anyone made fun of your name before? Or maybe you, you made fun of someone's name before, like growing up or something, they had a really easy name to rhyme with. Or, you know, it, it was so silly, but like their name was a little weird. And so, or like people with two first names, you know, you might, you might have encountered this. Um, or this, maybe someone made fun of your child's name before. You would be probably upset, right? You'd be like, hey, that's my kid's name. It's precious to me. And when you misuse it, I'm not okay with that. That hurts me. And so when I was thinking about how we misuse or how we tend to take the Lord's name in vain, I was just thinking of so many examples, but I wanted to narrow it down to two. And I'm gonna show us in scripture where we see these two areas where we can easily misuse the Lord's name. We're gonna look in Colossians chapter three, verse 17. It says this, and whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all to the glory in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The first way we misuse or take the Lord's name in vain is in our speech. We misuse the Lord's name in our words when we choose to flippantly say, OMG, or other profanity, when we use the Lord's name in a thoughtless way, in a way that's empty. In our culture, I promise you, you know this is true, and that's why you're kind of like, hmm, yeah, you know this is true, and I know this is true. Our culture is so good at this. It teaches us that it's okay to be swayed and to use the Lord's name in vain. And if we're not aware of how holy his name is, we'll fall into it. Have you ever sing songs from Jesus Christ Superstar? Or Jesus is my homeboy, right? I'm guilty of that. The words we choose, they matter. They matter a lot. It reflects what's inside our heart. Luke 6, verse 45 says, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And if we misuse the Lord's name in this manner, it exposes parts of our heart that are not surrendered yet to him. Leviticus 19:12 says, Do not swear falsely by my name, and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. 
And misusing the Lord's name, it certainly includes cursing, but it's more than just cursing. And Jesus, when he walked this earth that we now get to live on, he did it over and over again. He took an Old Testament commandment and he heightened it up <laughs> an extra level, like level up. Like, is that like a, in a video game, right? When you level up, that's what Jesus did. And so Jesus, he was talking with his disciples in chapter of Matthew chapter five, verse 33. And this is what he says. Are you ready? I know Pastor Keith says, put your seatbelt on. Put your seatbelt on. Here we go. Jesus says, you have also heard that our ancestors were told, you must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows you made to the Lord. But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say by heaven, because heaven, it's God's throne. And when we choose to use our words in a way that's just empty, without thought behind it, we're dishonoring God. When we choose to manipulate our words to get something that we want, we're dishonoring God. And so the point is this, for the Christian here this morning, our words matter. And the second point I wanna make is how we misuse the, word, the Lord's name through our actions. So if we misuse the Lord's name in our actions, we might choose to attach our name to his name, but don't live out that way in what we do. And so if you're a Christian here this morning, um, the, base, the most basic definition of a Christian is someone who believes in Jesus, someone who's professed their faith um, to God and lives a life to show who God is. And so when we attach the name Christian to ourselves but live a lifestyle that doesn't reflect God, we misuse his name in our actions. And that's misusing his name and that's using his name in vain because there's no relationship to back it up with. And Jesus also teaches a sermon in Matthew chapter seven, verse 21. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. What is Jesus saying here, right? That sounds so strong. He's saying some people, they claim my name, Lord but they don't do my will. They say they follow me, but I don't know them. So if, in case you didn't know, the Bible is Hebrew and Greek. That was the original languages it was recorded in. And so the Greek word used for know, and Jesus says, I never knew you, or to know, is the word gnosko. And that means to come to, to recognize in a personal and experiential way, knowing by experience. So what Jesus plainly says to the people that list off all the great things they did in his name, he says, 
I didn't, I don't know you. I never truly had a relationship experience with you. And it's strong. I know, I understand. I'm reading these words just like you are. But remember, the purpose of the Ten Commandments, it's to reveal the heart of God and reflect the Christian life. And this isn't the only time we see Jesus say something like this. If you read all the parts of his story and where he shares parables over and over to his followers, he says it over and over again in just different ways. He says there are people that do all the right things, yet they don't have a true personal relationship with me. He says there's people that are enthousiastic, they're enthusiastic for God and following him, but they don't live and act a way that follows him, that says they have a relationship with him. There's nothing that backs up what they say, and therefore it is in vain. Using the Lord's name is in vain when you say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and then your life is opposite of his will. And in case you didn't know, our first value here at Blaze Church is that we blaze a trail for people to know God, gnosko, have a personal relationship with God, not know of God, not name drop God, but really, truly know God in an intimate way. So now we know what the commandment means. We know how we break it. <laughs> so how do we keep it? We know God and we show God by the way we live, with the reality of a relationship to back up our declaration of his name. If Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, then we keep the third commandment by living lives that exalt his name. So I want to read Colossians 3, verse 17, one more time. It was Paul who was writing to the church of Colossae, and he's writing this to us today. And it's in the message translation. Oh, yeah. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. And author Kevin DeYoung, he puts it this way. For when we do all that we do, because I don't know about you, but I do a lot of things, even yesterday's laundry, dishes, all the things, right? No matter what you do and all that you do, do it in Christ, for Christ, through Christ. We show that his is the name we value, the name we love, the name that is above all names. So I have two final questions to conclude this morning. Do you know God, like truly, truly know God personally? And if the answer is no, that's okay. 
Today is a day that you can start a beautiful relationship with him, a beautiful journey. Something that I've had the privilege of for many years now is leading a small group here at Blaze Church. And it is beautiful to see the journey that someone starts with God and how they continue on growing to know him more personally. And that's what we want for you as well. So when we have a moment of prayer, I just tell you and encourage you, take that moment, take that quiet time, and just pray to God and say, Lord, I want to accept you as Lord and Savior. I'm a sinner, and I need you to save me. That's just simply how you start a beautiful relationship with him this morning. The way to know God is to know Jesus. John chapter 8 verse 58 says, very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. That's what Jesus says. And Jesus said it seven times over and over. Jesus said, I am. The name is to know Jesus. Gnosko. No. Truly personally, in relationship, no. And my second question is if you do know God today, are you showing that you know his love by the way you live? Maybe take some time to evaluate who God is and how you are living in light of knowing that his name is holy. I want to take a moment to pray so we kind of have two next steps. Those of us that are saying, you know what, I don't have that personal relationship with God. I want you to take this time of prayer to really pray and say, God, I accept you into my heart. I want to start my relationship with you today. And if that is you in this moment, after service, I encourage you, go to the back table and we have a next step resource for you to start this relationship with Jesus. And then if you're someone that's saying, I, I am a Christian and I do know God and I, and I want to live for him, your best next step is to take this moment to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the parts of your heart and your life that you haven't surrendered to him yet. There's parts of my life where Jesus is shining his light on. That's what I tell my, the people in my group. He's shining his light and he's exposing the parts of me that I haven't yet surrendered to him. So whether it's in your words or your actions, you're not condemned here this morning. Please don't leave feeling that way. We're encouraging you to give it to Jesus because that's really where life change is going to happen. When you know that his name is holy and you can say, you know what, Lord? Yes, I have misused your name, but today I'm going to leave it at your feet and I'm going to live a life that glorifies you only by the power of the Holy Spirit. So as we pray, I want you to really think about those two next steps and which one you fall into because this moment is so important for your walk with Jesus. You, you won't just accidentally follow Jesus. You need to pursue him. So you're here this morning, not on accident. You're here this morning on purpose to meet your creator, your savior, your your Lord, the great I am. So would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? Father, we thank you 
that your name is above every other name. We thank you that we can come to you, Lord, even when we mess up, Lord, even when we feel so far from you, Lord. We ask your forgiveness this morning for the times where we've misused your name in our words and in our actions, Father. I pray for the person here this morning that wants to know you, truly know you, Lord. I pray that their hearts are soft and ready to receive your true love, Lord. I pray for the person here this morning that is wanting to live out your will in their life, Lord. I pray that your Holy Spirit encourages them to live a life that is worthy of your name, to bring it to your feet, and to feel your true forgiveness and your grace and your mercy in their life, that as we leave today, we know that we will love you more deeply. We will know you in, a, in a, just such an intimate way, Lord. I pray this for every single person in Jesus' name. Amen.